0: Welcome to the Lazaro Lab. I'm Ryan Lazaro. And I'm Matt Lazaro. And here we're today talking about the Whoop.
1: There it is. Yeah. This little device right here on our wrist. Ryan's looks weird because he's charging it and he's flexing. So (laughs) interesting, Ryan. Interesting flex. Um, let me check something real quick. So, we want to discuss the whoop because it's been been quite useful. It's been quite useful in our. Oh man, I'd say with correcting a bunch of things that pertain to our total fitness, right? Yeah, yeah, sleep, performance. Sleep has been probably the most impactful one.
0: Doesn't make you sleep better, but at least you can <laughs> crack your sleep quality. You can
1: see how shitty your sleep really is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, or you can see how good good your sleep is, really. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Let's talk about what the whoop actually is. Ryan, tell us. <laughs> no, I'm <what>? going. <laughs> Now, nah, so the, the Whoop is basically a, a, a very complicated device. Uh, this device actually measures heart rate and heart rate variability. Uh, the new one, the 4.0, is coming out, actually will even include things like skin temperature. Uh, it also does it a pulse oximeter. And a pulse oximeter. So your skin temperature, pulse oximeter, and what was the other? Oh, respiratory rate, what, which it already does. Yeah. So are you in the green today? Nope. No, I am. I think... Th-
0: no, 60-something.
1: That's close. So, when we talk about whether you're in the green, whether you're in the yellow or the red, that's pretty much a reference of total recovery. I don't know if you can see this. There I am. Look at that. It's good stats right there. Look at Ryan. He's a loser. No. It's not bad. <laughs> I know, actually. That's pretty damn good for you. I think it's a little better than mine right now. Yeah, I'm
0: resting heart lore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm healthier. <laughs> Yeah, for a minute there, uh thought you uh, were declining. That's <laughs> no, just uh, bad eating habits. So, Ryan, you want to... Actually, let's talk about how this device, interestingly enough, can actually show you the impact of eating bad, eating poorly. Yeah,
0: se. eating poorly or just bad choices of time of eating or eating too much prior to bedtime. Um Let's see if I pull up the previous week. It, yeah, it, so I was at a high of, uh, this looks like it was a Saturday night, resting heart rate of like 57. What were you doing? Um, <laughs> kind of probably sleep? had some alcohol. <laughs> 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 uh, but now, I mean, my new low is 45. So yeah, significantly dropped by, instead of eating at midnight and <laughs> uh, going to sleep at 1 a.m., my last meal is at 9 p.m., Um, which helps significantly because my body is not trying to work on... Digesting? Oh, Yeah. Digesting 2,000 calories before you go to bed? (laughs) I'm trying to boost my metabolism. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Make my body work while I'm resting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's know. Doesn't quite work like that. Definitely doesn't work like that at all. (laughs) So the interesting thing is, is, is you're able to find correlation between what's actually going on with your habits relative to the, actual, the outcome yeah yeah, some, yeah well and it's instantaneous feedback basically because sometimes you can even get in into a workout that's that you feel like you should be performing better mm-hmm. and you're trash because your recovery reflects pretty much all the things that you weren't doing or were doing that impacted it negatively
0: yeah i mean i i could see here it's on a This is for the resting heart rates on a downward trend. That's a good thing. Um, And that's really contributing for me eating a balanced amount of calories appropriate for me, Uh, going to sleep earlier, drinking more water. Um, These are things that help contribute me to stay green. Mm -hmm. Stay green,
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) So being green basically implies that based on Ryan's personal metrics, meaning Ryan's average resting heart rate, Average HRV, and and I'll touch on HRV a little more. HRV, interestingly enough, is something that's a little more new, um, in the sense of the data that they've been collecting on the the correlation between your health and your HRV. And HRV is the heart rate variability, which means the milliseconds between each heartbeat. So you have the beat, and then in between that is a a time a, a time refraction, and it's. Uh, Measured in milliseconds. And the higher the number that is, the better typically, typically, but Mm -hmm. it's based on an average, right? So, yeah. um, Most people, there's some interesting correlations between HRV and age. So, the younger you are, the higher the HRV typically makes sense. I mean, your heart's probably going to be a little more healthy. And the older you get or the less fit you are or the more unhealthy you are, the typically, typically we see lower HRV followed by higher also uh, resting heart rate. Yeah. So your resting heart rate doesn't necessarily need to be extremely low. Um, you know, I know when I'm recovered really well. It should be lower than what it is for your daily. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah, your average daily. But mine, you know, if it's in the forties, in the mid to to upper forties, um, I'm usually okay. And occasionally it goes back up into the fifties, but that's usually because I'm either, you know, over overextending my training or doing eating like Ryan at night A certain like, time, wait, time wait. of the month for him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about that. The- <laughs> no, but, but that, that's the thing. Like it, it it's we're able to really narrow down some of these these interesting specifics. And obviously it's maybe not the most accurate of things all the time, but it's tracks it's, consistency though. Exactly. So consistency is another way that we can we can use consistency of measurement acts as what we call a proxy. And a proxy is just like an approximation of where things are relative to how they've been. And so if we know that there's, based on some some metrics, based on your averages weekly or monthly or yearly, we can kind of understand where things are progressing. And so you can usually find trends, uh, you know, correlations between people that are, you know, drinking more alcohol, and then usually it's followed by a correlation between higher resting heart rate and lower HRV and even higher respiratory rate. Can you
0: break down what is the respiratory rate for
1: people that don't really know what it is? So respiratory rate is basically the amount of breaths that you take per minute while in rest. Um, While sleeping, correct? While sleeping, yeah. yeah. And so uh, a healthy range is between 13 to 20, I think. I think, right? 13 to 20. Either 13 to 20 or 13 to 18. 13 to 18, basically. And it's a range, but we all have a different amount of... Our, your respiration rates are going to range per person. So yeah. mine, interestingly enough, is is always on the low side between 12 to 13. Mine consistently
0: looks like between high fifteen to high 16.
1: So the fascinating thing that we noticed and that Whoop as a company noticed was... When people were actually getting a respiratory infection, i.e., the Rona, uh, they noticed a spike in the. A tremendous ex- incline on a daily basis. Yeah. So, you know, you would see someone like me from go from a 13 to like an 18. Yeah. Just progressively 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Because you're, you're typically having to breathe more rapidly to, to compensate uh, as a byproduct of the infection. Usually. What you're also seeing is a decrease in hrv and an increase in resting heart rate yeah. and those are all signs of potential infection
0: yeah that or if you're just drinking Never. a lot or, or eating a lot and dehydrated yeah you generally see lower hrv higher respiratory rate uh higher uh, resting heart rate
1: or if you've done some extreme you know uh, athletics oh,
0: yeah vigorously beat yourself up
1: well like uh you know some of the bike rides we've done there were like well over five hours, right? Yeah,
0: that's enduring a lot of physical stress.
1: Well, enduring a lot of uh, increased cardiac output, yeah. right? So your your average heart rate's higher because you're- For hours. For hours, <laughs> right? There's some where, you know, on a scale of zero to 20, it's, 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 it's a perceived effort rate, well, not perceived, Sorry, it's it's the approximated effort rate based on your um, your average heart rate, and so the higher that your heart rate is elevated, the longer it is, the long the, the more of a uh, uh, impact that it has on your total strain. And that strain is a resemblance of potential calories expended and stress impacted on the whole body.
0: So I heard you kind of laugh a little bit looking at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing at the hours His sleep scores what they estimate i need um i'll pull it here on the screen this uh, gap shouldn't be this so oh, you can shove. Oh, also i'll
1: show you mine is fairly good my average uh, uh sleep performance is 79 percent if you look there and so that's there's a little gap between the an average and of uh, and then look 58. at Ryan's. <laughs> uh, you know that's pretty bad ryan blames it on having little but, uh, kids
0: i mean little things for me personally like consuming a well-balanced amount of calories for myself, not eating past nine o'clock. And that's just my preference based on what time I go to sleep, which is usually two to three hours. You know, I stop eating two to three hours prior to bedtime, um, increasing my hydration, increasing my cardio output. um, As far as just working out more regularly, that has tremendously allowed me to sleep better. Mm -hmm. Like I was getting three and a half to four hours of sleep. Um, I did decrease my caffeine intake.
1: Oh, you were, it was a struggle bus for a couple of weeks for yeah. you for that. So,
0: I mean, for me, and this is not probably a lot for most people, you guys probably have a gram a day. but
1: <laughs> I like That's 1,000 milligrams, yeah. guys. In I, other words, that's like <laughs> 10 coffees. Yeah.
0: But, like, I mean, well, maybe, someone maybe. will drink one bang, that's 300 milligrams. They have two coffees a day. Plus. Have, have another pre-workout. pre-workout I mean, yeah. You're hitting 1,000 milligrams easy. <laughs> uh, me, I'm a little bit more sensitive to caffeine, so if I have 300 milligrams... I have anxiety. I'm jittery. My heart's going, feeling like it's going crazy. Can't breathe when I work out. Already. I mean, you can't breathe anyway. Yeah. Um, so now I toned it down to like 100 milligrams. Yeah. But just assessing all of those and becoming relevant of aware of what what I'm doing. Um, that's and the whoop allowed me to see those and track those habits. Um, I've been able to increase my sleep significantly. I've been able to go green several days in a row um and whenever i fall off a course and maybe have some drinks or um, have too much nachos on the weekend uh, (laughs) too late it reflects and i see a increase in heart rate decrease in the hrv and increase in my respiratory rate so Mm. this kind of builds self-awareness to see what you're doing and track it properly
1: yeah and the other part that i think is kind of fun is well actually we'll get no 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 we'll go into that the the thing I think is fun is where we're actually uh, competing with each other with getting the higher basically like whose heart is working harder yeah it doesn't necessarily mean that you're (laughs) in better shape it just means that you're going through more pain
0: (laughs) like pushing yourself hard like if I if the workout's half an hour and my heart rate uh Was it say if it says it's been working at ninety to a hundred for yeah thirty just, of those minutes? That's then that's lot. like max intensity for thirty minutes, and that just means I've pushed myself that hard. But
1: I closer still to closer to heart failure. Yeah,
0: I can <laughs> still finish last. Yeah, but I've just been working really hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you get on? uh So today we did uh, some running training after uh, after some lifting. Yeah, this was light jogging. So. Yeah, uh, it felt hard to me after squats. Uh, uh, so this is. Yeah, so you actually well, I was lower did, than you. did lower than me, which is... You did squats, so you
0: probably had more fatigue. But you got, what, one max heart rate of 180. Mine was 176. It, it touched once, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> average heart rate was 143. Yeah, the it heavy. never went down that much. Maybe mine, mine's a little bit longer. Well, so.
1: still. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, I actually, that
1: shows that I'm did in more shape. heavier squats before. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 20 minutes yeah. of squatting, guys. Come on. My legs were hurting really bad but but you know it gives you an understanding of perceived uh, of, of general effort yeah. relative to your cardiac output so it's interesting because when you retest workouts that you know that you're repeating, you can actually compare your old data yeah or like what I've done with bike rides and um Hiking and stuff like that, I've repeated certain hikes or repeated certain areas of, of cycling and seen an increase in performance because mm-hmm. I'm doing it faster and yeah. my heart rate is slower yeah, or track, lower. Sorry.
0: Track the duration mm-hmm. and see that your average heart rate was lower. Um, see when you took breaks, depending on where things are. Being the- a little. Mm, <laughs> <on> the- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a great way to track personal progress, to track. Competitive uh, progress against one another or yeah. people you're group training with. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it doesn't prove one or another's in better health or shape, but you can definitely see who's putting forth the the effort. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, it does resemble some health. Yeah, it does. And if your resting heart rate's high, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Generally, that's not a good sign. Yeah, but I, mean, I, I, were you I was
0: going to say, ultimately, in similar workouts, I would want my average heart rate to be progressively getting lower yeah. for the same or even higher output, but that just means I'm cardiovascularly getting in better shape enduring it easier. Yeah,
1: you can see uh, what we call uh, different adaptations to, the, yeah. to training. So the better the adaptation, the more efficient you get at using oxygen, and the less uh, heartbeats it takes to transfer oxygen to the muscles. So the reason Ryan's heart rate gets so high is because it sends it all into his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any excuse. It just goes high because <laughs> I try hard. <laughs> um, you know, one of the interesting things is uh, I, I only recommend this to people, and especially when I'm working with clients, I only recommend it if you are the type that does not get stressed out with instantaneous feedback. Because some people do. Like they're always like. Well, it brings obsessed. comfort to
0: me if I'm having anxiety at nighttime and I want to see what my heart rate is like. <laughs> and I can watch it either spike up or go down.
1: Why do you pay attention to that?
0: <laughs> Just confirmation. That you're not having a heart attack? <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, it's, it's, it's over. Yeah.
0: No, but but I've, I've actually noticed, like, I felt like it's been high, and it shows a little elevated in the past, but is, is there any relation to, like, can your blood pressure raise, but your heart rate not go faster, and you feel stressed? Or
1: well, you may not be feeling an increase in blood pressure per se. It's... Like, say when, you, when people experience um, anxiety, that's, uh, those are different variations of hormones or neurotransmitters. So you can feel like your heart rate is going a lot more faster than... Yeah, because your, your, your nervous system is priming itself for stress, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's, it's almost like a preparedness state. And so if, if you need it to pump faster, it can. Gotcha. Right. And so it doesn't necessarily mean just because you feel it, it will make it happen.
0: No, what's your heart rate right now? It's
1: probably high. I get pretty uh, excited when I talk. I always mm-hmm. notice that when I... So I'm at a 65 at, roughly at, right now. I'm at 80 right now. Then again, I drink a lot more caffeine. Right. Well, actually, now it's going back down. Yeah. Yeah, it's been staying kind of high. But no, the more... I get pretty... Uh,
0: it's how we interview people. We oh, put a whoop on them and then... We'll see if they're lying. No. <laughs> ask them questions and if it starts spiking, then uh,
1: they're <laughs> getting nervous. <laughs> We're getting closer to the answer. Interrogation style. Yeah. Um,
0: do you want to break down a little bit about the, the... sleep cycle? Like the sleep cycle and some of the other stuff. It has uh, Yeah. Uh, your awake time, your light sleep, your REM sleep, your deep sleep. Um that's, that's definitely important as well. I think some of our habits, uh, what contributes or what can someone do to get better deep sleep or better REM sleep?
1: Okay. So there's an in, there's interesting correlations that you can see with some people. Uh, so for example, a common thing that I think is a huge misconception is people say they need, that they get good sleep when they drink alcohol, right? Or when they take um, sleeping pills. Yeah. Funny thing is, those things usually disrupt your REM sleep. Like the quality of their sleep. Well, just the the phases. So you have three phases of sleep, right? And this is like a very super oversimplified version of that. This stupid fly in here. Where's the taser? We need the taser. You can kill it live, too. That would be cool. Anyway, so your three phases, there's light sleep, and then there's, damn it, this fly. Sorry. There's light sleep, there's REM, and deep sleep. REM sleep is associated with memory consolidation. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Get it out of here. Um, okay, let's start it over. REM sleep has the association with um, memory consolidation and basically getting your brain uh, back to where it needs to be primed for the next day to have mental clarity and all those. So that's a super oversimplified Definition. So, if someone is not getting the REM
0: sleep, they can have more brain fog, generally, mental yeah. fatigue. Generally, yeah. Okay,
1: those are those are some of the simple things. The other thing is that they know by some of the new studies is that people who lack REM sleep are at higher risk of um, Alzheimer's and things mm-hmm. like that, neurodegenerative disease, basically. And then deep sleep is usually associated with, like. Muscle recovery, for example. Gotcha. So, like physical regeneration, hormone balancing, and things like that. Light sleep, um, to my knowledge, and I may be getting this a little off. It, it they think that light sleep is is very important because it allows you to wake up easier. I was your, gonna say
0: yeah, it's pretty important to wake up.
1: Well, no. So no. <laughs> think, think of it this way. So let's say if we're out camping mm-hmm. and
0: you know a bear comes up, just like your mental. Your subconscious alertness.
1: Yeah, so it, it, they think it's a, an evolutionary trait to allow us to wake up in the, when you're sleeping to prevent being killed or eaten. Off topic, <laughs> but why do you, why do people sleep
0: walk? Or mm. I don't, really, I don't know. really know the answer to that. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, because uh, Roy does it and Resi sometimes.
1: Oh, I don't know if you remember, but I used to do that too. You probably don't really remember nah, too much of that because you're younger, but apparently I did it a few but times. Like, she
0: got up and then she, like, walked around and then she grabbed the gun. I was like, <laughs> Don't drop
1: it. <laughs> Turns it on.
0: Yeah, you don't want to drop it. Usually when she like, has to reach the restroom, though.
1: Mm. So. Is she pretending? What? To go to bathroom? No, pretending to sleepwalk. <laughs> 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 no, I Yeah. <laughs> I used to sleepwalk when I was younger. Hmm. Yeah. But like I said, like, um, I, th- you know, mom and dad only caught, saw me do that a handful of times. So God knows how many times. Didn't you like pee in the trash can? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, th- I think I, I don't remember. Of that, course you're
1: going to bring that up. I remember someone said that.
0: <laughs> I heard it somewhere along the line.
1: <laughs> so apparently I woke up. <laughs> I woke up to go to the bathroom and I was sleepwalking, apparently, because I don't really remember doing this. But <laughs> apparently I went and urinated in the trash can <laughs> in the but kitchen I,
0: I think that's a, it's a common trigger though where people are waking up because they have to use the restroom yeah because she was probably gonna pee in the ground if i didn't like snap her out of it to go yeah. to the bathroom yeah
1: but that's yeah I don't,
0: we'll have to look into that more
1: yeah yeah we'll we'll do some uh, research um so anyways ideally you need a balance of of all of it usually a th- um the majority of your sleep should come from light, and then uh, your REM and your deep are usually split in two, and that usually shows a healthy sleep cycle. Um, and then there's a lot of awake time, whether that you are actually awake um, or whether you are, are aware of it or not aware of it. Because you, uh, um, if I remember correctly, every 90 minutes you go through that same cycle, and so technically you're a smidge awake. Uh, but not quite, and you go right back into that sleep cycle. Oh, so it's constantly cycling every 90 minutes. Every 90 minutes, yeah. So if you look... So it's just a cumulative... Yeah, so if you look at this, and, and if we look at the overlap of when REM happens and when deep sleep happens...
0: Oh, it's kind of it pattern.
1: There's a pattern behind it, which is kind of cool. So... That 's the thing this gives some context and it also gives you indication whether you're deprived of something or if you you know people like I people tell me oh I sleep great when I have alcohol or smoke or smoke weed and the funny thing is this actually shows typically for most people who do both of those usually have a decrease in REM yeah um, unless you take enough well not for alcohol but for THC if you counterbalance it with um, enough CBD mm-hmm. uh, we usually see it there's typically uh, a, a, po- a possible improvement in yeah that. but I just you know me personally and, and I know you like CBD by itself seems oh to works amazing yeah but you got to take enough that's that's the thing yeah. We'll we'll talk about that in a whole nother podcast but taking enough uh, CBD is huge and we find some huge correlations to everything on there so what do you think about what is enough sleep for someone so there's some, there's some debate on this, but on average, um, most of the sleep research says seven to eight hours. So what about people that say, oh, I get four hours of sleep, I
0: feel amazing,
1: that's all I need? So one of the things that, that's likely happening is that they have some what we call maladaptation. So so a, a positive adaptation is something good yeah. that's changing as a byproduct of good things. Um, but this, a maladaptation is it's getting the body to acknowledge and think that it's actually okay when it's not because this you kind of like built the bad habit. And
0: now it's just saying, Yeah, it's, so it's, it's like okay. getting,
1: you're used to feeling shitty all the time. So your version of feeling good <laughs> is down here, right? So yeah. if we look at it like on a, on a scale, um, if you're F, you know, D, you know, just like great, greatest scale, F yeah. D C B A, um, they have no clue how it feels to feel like an A. So their D feels like an a yeah they're like on a they're being graded on a curve right gotcha. so <laughs>
0: yeah and so it's kind of related to how people eat yeah really processed foods and or eat they're like much. we feel normal we feel fine and then all of a sudden they start working out eating more cleaner foods yep. less processed
1: and they're like wow they feel yeah it's like a, a huge increase. difference yeah. yeah yep and that that's typically what's going on with that um very common if so one of the interesting things i've noticed Six and a half to seven seems to be a sweet spot for me because I'm getting upwards of two hours of REM and two hours of deep sleep. So my sleep is partitioned almost perfectly as if I would have been with eight hours. Yeah. And so when you have the most impactful thing on sleep, in my opinion, from what I've seen, is timing. Mm -hmm. Right. So the more consistent you are at going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same the same time, the better off you're gonna be.
0: Is that like the circadian rhythm
1: yeah so in, in that that basically has a significant impact on hormones uh, so how much cortisol is being produced at what time of the day followed by when the body starts to produce melatonin when it starts to produce and convert you know uh, so things like creating a healthy D. consistent habit yeah but but that's the thing every every mammal is on a circadian rhythm basically well not just mammal actually but just everything in general Brian has to take a call. <laughs> so, and I'll probably tie things up right here in a little bit, guys. But overall, consistency amongst when you go to bed is probably the most important part in regards to regulating your sleep. Um, the Let's see here. One more thing probably to cover. Like, uh, aside from the sleep, the strain, your ability to track your recovery, um... The nice thing that this does, the longer you use it, is it gives you uh, weekly reports, monthly reports, and yearly reports. So you can track and see everything that's progressed overall over the time frame of you using it. And the cool thing is you can wear it pretty much 24-7. And when you need to charge it, you don't have to take it off. You use an external battery, pop it on there, it charges it, and you can leave it on. It's waterproof. I mean, I've worn this climbing in the snow, mountain biking, swimming, been in the ocean with it. Literally it's been with me everywhere. So I just wanted to go over that because we've talked about it a handful of times on the podcast and we and people ask us a lot about it anyway. So if you're considering using it, we're going to put up a a little uh, uh coupon you can use our link. If you buy with our link, you get a um, you get a discount of course. So If you're interested or if you have questions, just let us know. Uh, Otherwise, I'm pretty much, I think that's all we have for today. And uh, we'll keep things going. So thank you for tuning in. And make sure that you like and subscribe. Uh, Other than that, have a good day, guys.